0: Through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. Text for our meditation this morning, the epistle reading that we heard moments ago from First Peter chapter three, especially the last two verses. "But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, regard Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason, for the hope that is in you. So far our text, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. For the last several months, I have heard a phrase again and again and again. Maybe you have too it's a phrase that is very common very common in our mind very common in our heart and very common now on our lips hey you think the Huskers might turn things around on the football field this fall I hope so you think we're ever gonna get a break from this crazy heat and humidity? I hope so. You think we'll ever see $2 gas again? Or a $1.99 a pound bacon? Huh, I hope so. There's a lot of that kind of hope going around. And I suppose it's always going around, isn't it? That's how we generally use the word hope. We hope something might happen. We maybe wish something would happen, but we really don't know. It, it might happen, it might not. And many times, we know that with these pious wishes, it probably won't happen. But it's kind of fun to think about anyway. That really distorts our understanding when we come to parts of God's Word that talk about hope. When God uses the word hope, When we read of hope in the Bible, it is a different kind of a hope. It's not a a maybe or a, a pious wish. It's an absolute certainty. It is guaranteed to happen. And we in joyful anticipation of this future event that is guaranteed to happen, we wait joyfully in hope. That's far different from the maybe yes, maybe no kind of hope that permeates our society, our families our hearts. We hear that phrase all the time, I hope so, but there's one time when I hear that phrase that breaks my heart. When the opportunity presents itself to share the good news of Jesus Christ, To be able to talk about the forgiveness of sins earned by the bloody death and glorious resurrection of Jesus. To talk about how God delivers the deliverance in the waters of holy baptism. How he feeds and forgives and strengthens us through the journey in the Lord's Supper. How he speaks his words of forgiveness into our ears in the words of the holy absolution sitting at the bedside of someone who is sick or dying and sharing the good news of heaven as a reality. And the response is, I hope so. It breaks my heart. Why? Because our God is not a God of doubt. Our God is not a God of uncertainty. Our God wants you to be sure and certain that your sins are forgiven, that your name is written in the book of life. And no matter what happens in this sinful world that we live in, there is a mansion prepared for you since the beginning of time, prepared by our thrice holy God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is our hope. Not a maybe, but an absolute guarantee, guaranteed by Jesus' blood, guaranteed by his bodily resurrection. My friends, this is our hope. We wait joyfully in anticipation of this guaranteed future event. Heaven forever with our Lord and Savior Jesus. This is hope, this is what God desires for you. So what's the problem? That hope, that true biblical hope is far too often elusive. Or absent this epistle that is before us Peter's first epistle was written to Christians who were being persecuted written to Christians who were suffering for their faith some people look at first Peter and they see an early Christian catechism Sort of a a baptismal manual, not only to prepare to be baptized, but how the baptized should live. In our text for today, we get kind of a, a summary, it's about right in the middle of the book, a summary of everything that Peter, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, has written so far. At the very beginning of 1 Peter, he sets the stage for this talk of hope. And these words might be familiar as we read them often at funerals and at the gravesite. 1 Peter chapter 1, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. What awesome words of encouragement for us right here, right now, who live in a sinful world. Who face trials and tribulations, sometimes sufferings and persecutions every day. Know who you are. You have been born again into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. This, as Pastor Moline would say, is reality for you. My friends, what is it for you that robs you of this God-given hope? What is it for you that gets in the way of the joy of knowing that your sins are forgiven and your name is written in the book of life? What is it? That makes you forget about the hope that God has given you. Well, in our text for today, we get kind of a laundry list. Encouragement for this is how a Christian should live. But on the flip side, the things that constantly tempt us, constantly rob us of the hope that God desires for each one of his children. Finally, all of you have unity of mind. What do you think? Unity of mind. We can't even agree on which sports team to root for. How in the world can we have unity of mind on important stuff? God calls us to be united in mind. That means we should abhor divisions. We should pray that God would remove the chaos. And anarchy that is so prevalent in our world. We strive to bring about this unity of mind with others. And unless we are united in our own mind, how can we be that leaven in the lump of the world that permeates this god Given unity. We can't create unity. It's a gift from God. All we can do is mess it up. But we can acknowledge this unity that comes from Christ in his word. And we can strive to live under that word. And in that unity of mind that God gives us. Sympathy. Well that's pretty easy, isn't it? Somebody dies and you go to the store and you send them a sympathy card, right? Well maybe you're like me. Oh yeah, I meant to send that card. I I just didn't quite get around to it. I meant to make a phone call. I meant to make a visit. Hey, I was going to make a dozen cookies and take it over to their house. Why do you think these things don't happen? Because we are so caught up with ourselves. We are so self-centered. We live in this I, me, we little cocoon. Even to the point where we don't notice or care when someone else is hurting. What else does Peter point out that robs us of our hope in Christ? Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy brotherly love well we could all move to Philadelphia right the city of brotherly love what does it mean that we should have brotherly love we should love others at least as much as we love ourselves but again there's the problem isn't it We live in an age of self-love. Everything that you read, everything that you hear, encourages you to love yourself. This narcissistic age that we live in is only growing and growing and growing. And it is the opposite of what God desires for His children, and it robs us of our hope all we think about is ourselves and to actually love in a tangible way somebody who's not me that comes easy it's easy because it's a part of our old Adam or old Eve the list goes on brotherly love A tender heart, a tender heart. My friends, what happened to our tender heart? Many of us had one at one time. We see most often in in children a love of babies and animals a smile and a kind and tender heart but we've lived life haven't we we've been to the school of hard knocks we know that you can't trust anybody we've been burned so many times before and so our tender heart has turned hard and stony and calloused. Now, we're filled with negativity and pessimism. We can't see the good in anything or anybody. And in so doing, our hope is slowly strangled away from us. Oh, pastor, I wish this list would get over. I'm afraid it still keeps going. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Humility is in short supply today. Pride, Hubris, in a sense, is kind of at the root of all of the issues that God has outlined for us. We humble ourselves before the Word of God, and in so doing, being humbled because we are poor, more miserable sinners, we have a humble mind, a gentle mind maybe even a gentle touch with those around us. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. How easy it is for us to want to pay back. We've been hurt, so we want to hurt we want to get even and when we are filled with a Charles Bronson revenge like motive in our life there's no room for hope there's no room for joy we are consumed and eaten up from the inside out whoever desires to love life and see good days. That's all of us, right? We want to see good days. We want to be happy. We want to have a good life. We want to see others have a good life. This is what we desire for ourselves and our families. Whoever desires this, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. pretty hard to read those words or hear those words without thinking about social media we say things online or in an email or in a text message that we would never say to someone face to face we have dozens or hundreds or thousands of friends And yet we have no relationships, real relationships, with anyone. We gossip. We slander. We tear down rather than build up. We put the worst construction on everything. And we can't wait for the next time to post Maybe I'll get a lot of likes or retweets. My friends, when these attitudes fill us, we don't see them coming. These are Satan's attacks to rob us of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. So what are we to do? God's word is clear. The very next line, verse 11. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. To turn away from evil, you know what we call that most often? Repentance. Repentance. It's an about face. It's an about face. It's a change from the direction we're going. We can't do it ourselves. God in his love and mercy turns us around. He calls us to repentance. He calls us to hear his word of God. He calls us to open our eyes and our hearts to the things, the schemes and works of the devil that are robbing us of our hope. My friends, God wants us not only to be at peace, at peace in our hearts through the forgiveness of sins, at peace with God, knowing that we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, at peace with those around us as we strive to live this life, forgiving one another as Christ has freely forgiven us. God not only wants us to be at peace, he wants us to pursue it. He wants us to chase after it. He wants us to be people of peace, the peace that surpasses all understanding, forgiveness, life, and salvation in and only in Jesus Christ. And when we have that peace, No matter what suffering should come, even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. And one of those blessings is that God drives our worry and our fear out of us. He says, have no fear of them, nor be troubled. God's word teaches us that perfect love drives away all fear. Jesus Christ is perfect love. You know what it looks like. It looks like the Son of God in the flesh, suspended, naked between heaven and hell, bleeding and dying for the life of the world. You know what this blessing looks like. It looks like Jesus, the Lamb of God who was slain, but now lives and reigns for all eternity. It looks like the waters of holy baptism that we return to each and every day. It looks like Christ's body and blood in and under bread and wine for us to eat and drink to sustain us for life's journey. You know what it looks like. It looks like the body of Christ coming together Sometimes hurting, sometimes limping, sometimes laughing, sometimes crying. But brothers and sisters in Christ who have that one thing in common, hope. Not some pie in the sky, wishful thinking kind of hope, but true hope. Grounded in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ for you. My friends, this hope will never, ever, ever disappoint you because this hope is real. My friends, many times Jesus says this phrase in Scripture He who has an ear, let him hear. Will you? I hope so. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our hope in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.